All right. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 29 of the In the 11 podcast, hosted by myself, Brendan Griffiths. Today, two very special guests on with me. Been excited to have these guys on. Had this one kind of circled for, for quite a long time once I, I saw <laughs> what they were doing in their podcast. And, you know, it's a very similar kind of concept to what I'm doing, but I'm just excited to hear about their journey, their story, and, you know, them documenting this process as well via this podcast. So, I would encourage everyone to tune in and, and get your notepads out maybe and, and start to listen up because it'll be a good one. So let's get it rolling. So I am joined by Dylan Williams and Sean Vinberg of the infamous Footwork Podcast. Boys, infamous. how are you doing? Infamous. <laughs> Doing great. Yeah, Love doing the, good, man. The, the Thanks for having us. Podcast. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. It's been a long time coming, this one. Yeah, happy to have you guys on. So I know a little bit about your story and kind of where you're at right now, but maybe if you guys want to kind of give the listeners the update of, of what's going on right now for you guys. Sure. Um, I mean, so currently we're both we're both in Germany, northern Germany, um, just outside of Hamburg, both of us. Um, currently just waiting for the season to start up again. Um, there's just a lockdown. We're both playing in the regional Liga, which is the fourth tier here in Germany. And yeah, as of now, we're just waiting uh, to find out if we can continue the season or not. But up until now, we can only train. So that's where we are. Okay. When are you guys supposed to hear something? Do you know about if there's going to be a season or not? Yeah. So on uh, on Monday, the March 22nd, um, they will have a meeting and I, I think if this is the final meeting if they decide against the season I think they're it will just be bagged because there's not enough time to play yeah this like they've they've just so they've the, the original season plan is totally gone now they can't we can't fit in all those games and there's a new season plan but if we don't play um, starting from this meeting so it'd be two weeks of preparation and then I think the game first game would be April 10th I think it's probably very it's very unlikely that we will play so fingers crossed, it's out of our control. Have you had any sort of inkling, like if your coaches said anything, or is it just completely up in the air, sort of? Around uh, around my club, it's been they've stayed rather optimistic, which I guess is is kind of um, uncharacteristic for Germans. Yeah, <laughs> but but um, yeah, it's around the camp. It's been it's been pretty optimistic that we might start sometime in April, and training has reflected that, and we've started to kind of increase the days, increase the intensity, and then also really focus in on, you know, some of the extra stuff to make sure that we're, that the injuries are decreasing all these things that you, you know, you do as a, as a preseason fitness test, things like this. So yeah, it's hopeful, but again, I mean, the uncertainty of this COVID situation has really shocked us all for about just about a year now, which is crazy. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, really like, we will see. It's a, it's, it's a thing that Germans love to say, uh, and Zayn, and it's really like all we can do right now. Yeah. Right. What is that? What is that like? I guess both physically in terms of what you're doing training wise, but also mentally to kind of stay hyper-focused, but also, you know, you don't know there's so much uncertainty. Like you said, you don't know if you'll actually get to play or you don't know if you might have to figure out a new opportunity coming up really soon, you know? Yeah. I mean, Dylan and I, so we, we are separate teams now and we don't live together. 
but when the first the pandemic first happened like we immediately we were living together at the time and like it was clear like we don't know when so this was back in march we don't know when the season will start again we're mm-hmm. thinking maybe in a few weeks but yeah, we, were whatever, naive what, on that, huh? we were very naive yeah <laughs> i think we all well, were we all thought it was gonna yeah, be you know exactly. like a month maybe like uh and... four weeks yeah, two, we'll two weeks two weeks, two weeks to flatten yeah. the curve like, we'll uh, <laughs> um we just said you know you have you have to create a new goal a new aim and like that was to make sure you're physically fit so that say the season did start you could play a game tomorrow and be 100 fine um so you just you know keep training control what you can make sure you're physically fit stay active um we started the podcast right staying mm-hmm. busy keeping uh idle time is not really the best for you especially for the mind um stay busy you're working towards a new goal and this is so out of our control. There's no reason to get down on it or be upset about it or, oh, this is unfair because everyone's going through it. Um, and that's that's just a losing mentality. It's not going to bring you anywhere forward, right? It's going to just take you backwards. Yeah. yeah. So. And just just to, just to piggyback off of what Sean was saying, you know, as soon as we the, the gyms were closed and all of these things, Sean and I, we, we ordered a kettlebell, we had bands, and we um, there was a little park like right near our, our apartment. And we used to go and set up and we were like the first ones out there and everyone you know you lived in you lived in germany right so you understand mm-hmm. that you get the stairs pretty quickly mm-hmm. and we we called this place the yard because it was like our little prison yard where we would just go <laughs> and we would work out we would do sprints every we bring day. the kettlebell we have the bands every day like no excuse because what else you know all we had was time and all we had was uncertainty and like sean said the idleness isn't the best time, best thing for, you know, this, this time, these, these, these types of events. So yeah, we just, we, we focused on that direction and yeah, I mean, it, looking back on it, I've, I've very fond memories about like just putting in that work, just the process and yeah, it's continues to be uncertain and it sucks, but you know, these are kind of like the moments that can, that can make you and, and really prepare you for even tougher individual events. Yeah, I I think you guys kind of touched on a really important point about specifically with the pandemic, but also just kind of this career pursuit as a whole is there's so many things out of your control and you really just have to focus on the things that you can control. You know what I mean? It's and sometimes it feels like that lane of stuff that you can control becomes very small and and it can be overwhelming at times. Do you guys ever Mm -hmm. feel that, you know, even in times before the pandemic, when I guess the world was a little bit more normal? Sure. I mean, like there, there's a lot of, in this industry, in the professional football world, like there's a lot of things that are out of your control. And at first it is tough. And if you might feel that it's unfair, unjust what happens, but like, that's just, that's just how it works. And exactly, yeah. you either adapt, right. Or, or you, or you, or you lose, right. You're going to quit and mm-hmm. hang up the boots or you can adapt and work with it and figure out ways to get around it. Um, and it's all about perception. So if you if you're working as hard as you can and you do everything you can do and you've played the best you can, there's nothing to be upset about at the end of the day, right? Because that's at some point if you continue to put in the work and you continue to put everything you have into this this what whatever the dream is, even if what you thought was your dream doesn't work out, it's going to lead you into a new path because of all the hard work and dedication you've put forth. Yeah, completely agree. I mean, just the you know the uncertainty like you said there's a lot of things that are not in your control so i think it's it's very important to kind of focus in and narrow in on the things that you can control so during these times what can i do to get better i can 
you know, I could work on my weak foot. You know, Sean and I did that a bunch where we would just sit with a ball 20, 30 yards and we would just hit left foot pings with, you know, just for an hour, just working on some things that, you know, were, were, you know, not perfected in our game yet. And yeah, I, I think one of Sean's favorite quotes is the proper preparation prevents poor performance. So, you know, with all of these things, as long as you, you make sure that you're putting in the, the work, it doesn't even have to be that you play your, your best game or play your best in training. As long as you know that you're putting in the work behind the scenes, um, you know, it's, you can never really look back at it with regret. Yeah, absolutely. And you guys, you know, amidst everything and amidst all the things that you couldn't control, you guys have kind of both carved your way in this, in this career so far and had what many would argue is, is really successful careers up to this point. Could you maybe kind of talk to the listeners through, maybe give them a bit more of the journey? Like Dylan, if we want to start with you, where are some of the places that you've been to? Where's the game taking you so far and, and where it kind of leading you to now? Yeah. So I, I mean, I've, I've been quite blessed with um, just being able to see the world on this entire journey, journey and meet people. And, you know, out of college, Sean and I both went to uh, SUNY Oneonta, which is a D3 school up north in uh, upstate New York. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I played a year, uh, a season of MPSL right out of college, just trying to figure out what, you know, what was next, trying to find an opportunity. I knew I wanted to play at this point. And then through some combines, one with a soccer visa, I went out to Australia. I played in the MPA, MPL Tasmania there, which is um, technically the second tier in the Australian football system. Um, they call it soccer there too, actually. I thought yeah. they would call it football, but unfortunately not. Yeah, because they have their and, own like, Aussie rules. Yeah, they have, the, they have the Aussie football rules, which is a crazy thing in its own, going to some of those yeah. games, man. Some, yeah. <laughs> some brutes. But yeah, so I, I played I played a season there. I did quite well. I made it onto the team of the year, um, some men of the match performances. You know, I enjoyed my time there, but I knew Australia, like I, I knew I didn't want to stay in Australia. I knew I wanted to get into Europe. That's been one of my goals for, you know, a long, long, long time. And, you know, nothing really came about for a while. Um, I was sitting, not sitting at home, but I was just putting in work at home, just, you know, praying that I'd get something. Um, did another, um, like a, like a showcase kind of thing, um, in Iceland. And through that, I got an opportunity in Sweden in the fourth division, which was the sixth tier of Swedish football. And I was there with, it varied, but between seven and like 10 Americans at different times. Um, you know, Michael Corby, right? Yeah. We were together in Germany. Yeah. Okay. So he, I, I, I known him quite a while growing up and, you know, along with him and other Americans, we ended up winning the, winning the league there and we were promoted, which was, you know, something I'll never forget. Even in those lower tiers, just the, you know, the amount that goes into it, the amount that people care. And, you know, we were really hungry to win. And so we did. And through that, you know, um, I got a different opportunity with the next team in a promoted league, uh, one above that. Um, a better team, better facilities, better everything. And, you know, I was doing quite well there. And unfortunately, through a visa situation that was kind of out of my hands, I had to leave the country. Thankfully, I knew Sean was nestled here in, in Hamburg, Germany. So made some made some calls and he got me a trial with his team, actually, in uh, Oberliga, which is the fifth tier. And through then I've played 
half season there. I played a few games for a different team in the same league. Um, and then um, this past summer, I was on trial with a ton, a ton of teams. And then right before I, I found my my new home with um, Eintracht Norderstedt, which is where I am now, like Sean said, fourth tier in the Regional Liga. And, you know, I'm hoping to stay here for a little bit longer. You know, we'll see how everything goes. But, you know, I really like it here, really enjoy it here. And, yeah, so far, man, just been blessed. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe that was a bit long, a bit, uh, you know, winded. Oh, but no, not it's, at all. Uh, it's been a fun, very fun journey. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to see where it takes me next. Yeah, I can imagine. And just quickly, I definitely want to hear your story as well, Sean. But I think it's interesting uh, – you played with Julian as well, right, in Sweden? I played with Julian, yeah. I played with a, a few guys who played at Darmstadt with you. Yeah, yeah Julian, so Corby, yeah. I just think it's it's kind of another unique thing about as you start to climb the ladder a little bit, how the circle becomes very, very small. And usually everyone kind of knows at least one person who played with somebody. So and small. It's just, it's yeah, just I mean, that's cool about this. We we said it like before we started this just off air, man. It was like, you know, we've we've heard each other's stuff and it was just nice to kind of like really get acquainted with um you know, like we're just fellow dream chasers in this whole thing. And so it's it's exactly like you said, when you when you start following these goals and these dreams, you kind of start to follow and you start to become close with other people who are doing the same thing because it's just it's just so much easier to relate and to share stories and then to help each other because we know that, you know, we can trust these kind of people who think like this, like us. Exactly. I think that's probably what was unique about your experience in Sweden. I know mine in Germany was I was just around all these other guys, specifically some of whom were American. And we just, you know, we all thought almost the same way. We we're all trying to get mm. to the same place. Yeah. Exactly. Like you said, now it's kind of, you have that, that bond built and you want to help them if they're like, Hey, can you, you know, can 100%. I get a trial with your team or, or can you help me out in any way? Those are the types of things that you want to do because you know what they're about and, and you want to help them out. And those are the strongest connections. Like they're a hundred percent, the strongest connections that you form. I mean, even after, even outside of soccer, you know, these guys, you form a special bond with, and you know, you're, you're very, very, very inclined to, to trust these guys. And, you know, this is, this is what we all do. We're all on the same kind of, same kind of path. Yeah. 100%. And so Sean, you have a little bit of a different kind of start to your career. I know for sure, but eventually kind of made it to a similar path as Dylan Mm -hmm. kind of walk us through that. Sure. Yeah. So uh, same as Dylan, right out of college, we graduated the same year, 2016. Uh, played played an NPL, NPSL season up in uh, northern New York because of I was doing student teaching at the time, but was actually a full-time teacher. Um, just a weird situation that, that I was lucky to have. Um, and then the September that year, did a combine with Soccer Pass, um, did well enough. It was uh, for a team in Portugal. I went up going to Portugal in January of 2000, this would have been 2017. Um, and like we talked about in the beginning, there was a lot of things that were totally out of my control. Um, and it did not go well at all. Uh, I wound up, I was there for two weeks. I played a total of two days. Um, and they basically said like, you know, we like what we see, but we, we would like you to come back at the end of January. Um, we have, you know, a bit more time. And at that point I spent $2,000 already on my own, out of my pocket. And I was like, all right, this is maybe this timing was bad. The coach got sacked. Um, you know, let's move on from this. And then I had an opportunity from the same guy to go and play in Mongolia in the Mongolian premier league, which is the, uh, first tier, big Mongolian premier league there. 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, so I is went there. Is that on FIFA? Not, not on FIFA. I don't know why. <laughs> Shame. I'm sure that was a big boy contract. <laughs> oh, yeah. Big, big money. So, yeah, I went there. Um, my reason being is that uh, I always heard from, from you know, cousins and other players that it's important to never have a gap in your career, to always play. Um, and if when you look in your CV and resume, it's important that you have uh, fluidity in your playing and you never stop. So I said, you know what? The season in Mongolia goes from April to October. My plan is I'm going to go there, I play a season, and then I'm going to head to Europe once I get back in um, the January transfer window. So I went there, obviously, just crazy culture shock, different experience, fun. Um, I went there originally with three other Americans, two left a few weeks in. Uh, so it was just stuck with one other American. Uh, we lived together. Yeah, I was there for five months. Like I said, it's such a cool experience. I mean, a crazy country to live in. Um, so so many things I've, I've learned from there. Uh, just awesome culture, totally different than anything that we've ever seen before. And then I came home. Um, like I said, my plan was to go to Germany. Uh, it was to Europe, but I had kind of a connection through a friend that I played with growing up. Uh, he was in Germany at the time, and he his project is a company football project. They help players um, kind of get into a lot of a lot, mostly Germany, Sweden, uh, Northern European countries. Mm-hmm. So I did a combine with them in December, um, and then sure enough, came here in January, and then uh, originally signed with the team in the Oberliga. Uh, couldn't really play for them because of. My former in Mongolia, I was professional, so I was suspended for six months because I didn't sign in the transfer window. So I kind of had to wait around until April to play. And then there was two months left in the season, played a few games. Then uh, they didn't want to resign me. So I found another team in the Oberliga, same level, fifth tier in Hamburg, Uh, played with them for a season. Um, I had an opportunity to sign for uh, a good club in the Oberliga, one of the better clubs in the league. Very early on, so about in February, um, and I decided no um, because I had uh, I wanted to go on trial for a regional league team, right? Play at a higher level, and I took the chance and said no to a good contract on a good team because in the spring um, I wanted to play, I wanted to get a trial um, and, and go up a level. I didn't want to stay in the Oberliga. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I got injured, broke my leg, and I I couldn't do the trial in the spring, so. One could look at that as I was maybe stupid. I shouldn't have done that. But then what happened, I did it in the summer, both of the trials. Uh, each team said no. I signed for another Oberliga team, uh, which is where Dylan and I played together. And then in the winter, I said, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to try and get into the fourth league. I'll find a team, go on trial. And uh, that's what happened. I wound up um, through an old coach of mine. He knew a team in the Riga Liga that was looking to kind of tighten up their defense. And went on trial with them. And in two days, they wanted to sign me. And that was it. And that was uh, January 2020. And I've been at the same team, Haida Esfau, ever since. Wow. Man, and especially with that, that injury, you know, coming at that time, how, how difficult was that for you? You know, you feel like you're building this momentum and, you know, you have all this kind of traction, I guess. And then, boom, you're hit with an injury like that. I mean, something that we all go through as, sure. as athletes. But yeah, I mean... It's so once again, it's like this injury was kind of a freak accident. Sure, maybe I, I could have went about it a little bit differently. It wound up being a stress fracture in my my fibula. Um, so I probably could have stopped playing and maybe it wouldn't have happened. But either way, like you said, I had some traction going. I was playing really well in the first half of the season and there was started to have some interest from the higher league. 
Um, and I said no to the contract and because I, I knew I wanted to play in a higher league. And then what happened, of course, get injured, can't play. Um, and it's always better to go on trial before, you know, in the spring, before teams make their roster. Because if you go in the summer, the teams have their their season plan already made, their budget already made. So it's very difficult to get on a team in the summer because unless you're going to be, you know, one of the starting 11 players, they're not interested because it's they've already planned out their season. So I knew that it was it was going to be difficult in the summer. Both teams said no. Um, so I said, OK, I'm going to go into the Oberliga. There was a, there was a few teams that knew me from the first half of the season that were interested. So I knew that I had a backup plan if the, the Regional Liga team said no. Um, and I, I told them I was upfront about it. I said, you know, I, I will play for you for this first half of the season. But in the winter, like I want to leave. I want to go up a level. I want to go up a league. And, and it just worked out to be like that. That's awesome, man. I think it also is a testament to kind of a big, uh, a big concept in this game as well. I think both you guys can, can touch upon is like, you have to bet on yourself. You know what I mean? 100%. You just have to back yourself and and be confident in yourself in any situation that you go into. And, you know, there's going to be fear and anxiety and stuff that you face in, in situations, but you really have to, like I said, gamble on yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that that's, go ahead though. All right. I was just going to say, yeah, I completely agree. I mean, just in this last summer, I was on trial with three, three teams. Yeah. Three teams before I came to, to Notre State and they were all Regan Liga teams and all three of them said no for one reason or the other. And, you know, I didn't, our, my agent and I, we didn't even look at it as, you know, we're going to try in the, in the same league that I've been in, in the fifth tier. We said, we only want to try in the fourth tier and, you know, luckily the last team that I, I trialed with was the best on paper that had to been the most successful. So quite crazy to, um, you know, be turned down by three teams that in the past few years haven't been as good. And then the fourth team is the one that wants me and signs me. So, you know, you never know. And it is a testament to that exact fact. Like you said, that you got to back yourself and believe in yourself. And, you know, until the last day, you got to, be the the first one that's going to fight for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I would be interested to hear your guys' thoughts. Maybe we can go into trials for a little bit, and because I've talked about this before on an episode, and I think my kind of thought process going into trials is is maybe a little bit unique or different. Um, in that, I always go in with that confidence that I can you know do well and play at this level. But I think part of me understands just like we talked about the scope of this is so wide and you can be, you know, you can feel like you've done well at a trial and they just won't pick you for whatever reason. It could be regarding your play. It could be not regarding your play. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I almost, I go into it with the mindset of like, you know, I'm going to go out and I'm going to kill it, but there is a high possibility that this might not work out. And this, you know, it may just be another one to try and get me closer to the one that's actually going to work out. And Mm -hmm. I think, it's worked for me thus far in the sense that it's a little bit taking the pressure off me when I go into the trial, cause I can just go and play and I don't have to, you know, stress the entire time of, is this going to work out? Is this going to work out? So how do you guys kind of battle those emotions of going into a trial? Cause it is a high stress thing. You know, even if you're not a footballer, if you have a job interview, nobody, nobody's like, Oh, that's my favorite part is the job interview, you know? So how do you guys mm-hmm. deal with those emotions going into a trial? Sure. I mean, I'll, I'll start off. So, you know, at this point, I, I, 
I can't even count how many trials I've been on. So it's, it's just like another day in the office for me, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But, what, but what happens is every time you go on trial and it doesn't work out or it does work out, right? You've gained experience now. So it's like something you can put in your pocket and, and learn from it. And there's always, you know, sometimes you're not going to have the best training session or you might make one mistake. So for example, with the team I'm on now, the first day I thought I had a, a good training session, but I made a few bad mistakes right? Just 5v5, give the ball away, the other team scores, right? And you think in maybe if this was in the beginning of my career, I would have think like, oh, that's it. Mm-hmm. They're not going to take me, right? But what happens in, in sports in, in, in our game is like, you need to be able to recover from a mistake just because you're one nil down in a game doesn't mean you quit, right? So what you do is even though this was halfway through the first training session, I'm like, all right, now I'm just going to play, you know, 110% better than I already was. And Clearly, they saw something that they liked that the next day they said they want to sign me. So, you you know, we, we spoke about this on our podcast as well. It's like, what would you do if you weren't, if you didn't have fear? What were you scared of? Right. Like you mentioned, though, it's a high stress, high anxiety environment. But is that how you're going to play the best? In yeah. the perfect world, would you want to walk into a game where you're stressed and anxious and oh, I'm very nervous? I don't want to make a mistake. Or do you want to go out there and say, no, I'm, I'm the best player out here. I'm going to play. I'm going to show them what I can do. I'm going to create a presence for myself, demand that, you know, my team, whatever you're doing and your team's going to win and you're going to put out your best effort, right? And that shows is that can you go into this new environment, be comfortable, earn the player's respect, right? And then also perform. Like a trick of mine is I'm, I'm very big on this, is that when I go into a trial, I want to know everyone on the team's name within the first five, 10 minutes. So you can do this. So beforehand, you can go on their roster. You can just look at the pictures and their names and memorize it. Then you get there and don't go in a corner and, you know, keep to yourself and just juggle a ball on your own. Just talk to people. Like everyone has been in this situation. Most players have been on a trial. They understand it, right? So get mm-hmm. comfortable with them. And then when you start playing a game with them and you know everyone's name, but you're, you've only been here for 30 minutes, what does that say to the players and to the coaches, right? It, it shows a, a professionalism about you that... Before you even touch a ball, you already have a positive presence there. And then you can just build on this. I mean, there's, there's many other tips like this, but this is, this is kind of how I go about it. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, I mean, there's not really too much to add. I, I think Sean is, is he's had a, a few more trials than me. So I think, you know, he really knows what he's talking about. And, you know, maybe just one point to add is that, you know, before going into a trial, there's two ways that you can look at it. You can look at it like hundred percent, I'm going to get this. And you can look at it as, you know, I may get this and we'll see what happens. And to me, I feel like if you bet on yourself, regardless, whatever happens after is what was going to happen. So to elaborate a little bit more is like, you know, I go into a trial and I think I'm hundred percent going to get this. I'm confident. I'm confident. If I still get rejected at the end of the day, it's still the same rejection I would get if I had a different mindset. So why not go in and be exactly like, just be as confident as I can be in my ability. Like Sean said, have no fear. You know, it's easier said than done. A lot of times, you know, I'm going back and forth with myself and sometimes you have to, you know, trick yourself, fake it before you make it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's little things that you can take in each time, but, you know, overall, when you stand back and you, and you think like I could get this trial or I could not get this trial, I think it's important to just be as confident as yourself in yourself. So I'm a hundred percent going to get this. If I fail after that, like it's the same exact thing as if I thought any other way. So 
bet on yourself again is, is exactly how I would say it. Yeah, it's, it's a great piece of advice. And I think the overarching kind of thing we can take away from this is regardless of the outcome is you're going to grow from this experience. You know, what I yeah. really like about what you guys talk about in your podcast is how you talk about how you grow from kind of being in those uncomfortable situations. You know, you put yourself in difficult spots, but you understand that it's going to, it's going to make you better in the long run. How much do you feel like, you know, you can definitely take it within the context of football, but even just in life, how much do you feel like this journey and this process has made you grow as a, as a human? Sure. So this, this point kind of goes right hand in hand with what we just spoke about. So you can take this. So the trials are great, right? It's a, it's a high pressure environment. You have to perform. You basically only know that you're going to train this day. You don't know if you're going to be given tomorrow. Right. Mm -hmm. But the most important thing that you can take now into life is preparation builds confidence. If you prepare properly, you there, you don't have to worry about it. Oh, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be tired during this. Oh, I really haven't touched the ball enough in the past few weeks, or I don't know if I'm fit enough or oh, this, this, you know, my muscles hurting here, right? If you can, if you are properly prepared, you've done everything you can do that immediately you have more confidence now. So you can take that anywhere outside of the game. Where if you're going into an interview, say you, you've prepared all you can about whatever job it is that it now becomes not they're interviewing you and you're nervous about asking a question, but rather you're you're interviewing them. You know, what does your job have to offer me? I, you know, I can do this, this and this and this. Sure. I, I am capable of whatever the job is offering. That's why I'm sitting in front of you. Right. But why would I want to work for you? You can only just say this is something you do in your head. Right. But just flip the switch. Mm -hmm. It's not you're walking into their office and you're going to have to answer a million questions, but rather you're walking into them and then they're asking you and providing you reasons why you should work for them. Right. This is just a little mind game. You can play with yourself, but it, it instills confidence and that comes out in your presence. I like that. I never heard you say anything like that before. That was cool. <laughs> yeah, when, when, you, when you're just talking, I mean, it's kind of like, like, for example, when the coat, when the, the lockdown first happened, like our first thought was, all right, we got to get a kettlebell, right? Of course we need, we need something to train with, but it was like, let's be so ready. So when, you know, naively thinking in two weeks, when the season starts, we know that players are going to be slacking off for these two weeks where we're out here in the yard, grinding away, making sure we're better than we were two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And then it just in obviously kept getting elongated. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, that's, that's the idea of it is like, just keep moving forward, keep attacking goals and crushing goals so that whenever the next opportunity comes knocking, you are ready. Yeah. And, and you have, you have nothing to worry about and regret. Like I've been in situations where I'm like, I don't know if I've done enough preparation and it's a horrible place to be Yeah, because then you're not focused on just performing, but it's like, you have these thoughts in your head. Like I could have done more. Yeah. You don't want to ever have that thought. Mm. Yeah, I completely agree with Sean. And just to take it, like you said, it didn't have to be um, soccer related just to, to take it off the field. I mean, my first contract abroad was in Australia, where the time difference is just insane. If you want to talk to anyone from from home and, you know, friends, family, Germany, six hours. So you can do it. You can plan. You can, you know, even spontaneous. But in Australia, it's like uh, it, it, it's tough. So, I mean, these little things like this going, you know, crazy abroad on my first trip. I think the first one's always the hardest. It's like mm -hmm. ripping the Band-Aid off. And then after that, each one just becomes a little easier and easier. And I think one of the biggest things for me from that first one was just learning 
how to, to be alone and learning how to grow alone and learning how to sit with my thoughts, even if it was after a bad game, just sit with them for a second and just being, you know, okay with myself and okay with what I'm choosing and okay with the work that I'm putting in. So, you know, it's like we always say, and, um, you know, you can't grow in a comfortable place. And I, I truly believe that in, in, in any situation. And it's, it's important not to just kind of be stagnant and just be happy where you are and just always kind of, you know, obviously happy with each goal that you cross off, but still looking to, to build off them. And I think it's just important to just try and be a better version of yourself every day. And I, I truly believe these, especially the first ones really helped me kind of instill this value into my life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I talked about it just on my last episode and I think you guys kind of hit it right off the top is, is how I I didn't even realize it until I kind of got over here to Europe is just, I would say it's probably 80, 90% just mental. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. we've all played Mm -hmm. football our whole lives and we know how to play the game. That's not really, you know, yes, we're going to play at maybe higher or lower levels and there'll be different things that are faced, but there's nothing that we see within the game that is just a complete shock to us. But I think what hit me, especially on my first time over was just how much, like you guys talked about how much idle time there is and how you really have to work on kind of your brain and your mental strength as well. And, you know, there's going to be times where you have bad training sessions or bad matches, or you miss home or, you know, a million other things. And you have to kind of, like you said, Sean, sometimes almost kind of Jedi mind trick yourself and you have to change the narrative inside your own head. You know, I know I've been victim of, of being a player in the past that can get super down on myself after a terrible training session. But it's like, if you're the only one there and, you know, you're coming back to that apartment and you're all on your own and you're talking to yourself, you can't just, you know, kick the hell out of yourself for the rest of that night. It's, it's going to mm-hmm. do you no good. So, I mean, I know you guys just kind of talked about it, but maybe walk us through, cause you've done it for a number of years now, any of those little, those tips or tricks or really what you've learned about how to become that much more mentally strong. Cause I can tell, you know, even talking to you guys for the past 30 minutes, like, you know, you guys have in a way sort of sorted that part out and, and made it easier for yourself. I mean, it's, it's a never ending process, right? Like we're, none of us are experts and we have a lot to learn, but there's always from every, every experience, we can take something from it. So I think that in terms of preparation builds confidence, experience also builds confidence. You've been through this before you've done it before. Um, and like you said, of course, there were times when I was younger, especially in college is like you've had a bad game or a bad training session. And then the rest of your day is ruined. Like all I can think about is how, how bad I performed. And it's, it's an obsession, but it's not a good obsession, right? Because getting down on myself and just being mad and angry is not going to help me play better the next time we get out there. Instead of looking at it as, okay, what did I do well today? And what did I, what could I have done better? And then tomorrow I'm going to do that, that part better and continue to do the things that I did well and do those again. And then eventually it becomes that there's just going to do this well, right? I might make one little mistake in training, but that's just a standard that I'm going to keep doing this well. And then there's going to be a new thing. Oh, I could have done this better today. I need to work on that. For example, with Dylan, we would hit a long ball with our left foot over and over and over again. Why? Because we saw that this is something that we should work on. Another thing that I never really did before the lockdown is just juggle a tennis ball. Juggle a tennis ball. Can you do that 50 times, 100 times? Can you do it with just your left foot, just your right foot? Right. There's so many different things you can improve on. 
that it's like a never ending process. And, and through this, I really think this builds confidence and mental strength or doing hard things, doing hard workouts, going for hard runs, preparing yourself in a way that like, you know, if I'm, if I'm on a field with you two in my head, I'm saying I did more work than both of these. I'm more prepared. So like I, I'm more confident than both of these players and I'm going to take their position. And when you go into a trial, Damn, that's right, what you're doing. For us. You, <laughs> you're talking about us. You're talking about you're us. Looking at, for example, you're looking at me. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I feel like you're staring into my soul, man. When, Calm down. When, when you go into a trial, that's, it's like an unspoken, unspoken thing that everyone knows. Say you're going into a trial as a right back, right? Whoever the right back is on the team currently now knows, okay, they're trying to take my jersey off my back, right? This is what sports are. Is you have competition within the squad and you're fighting for 11 places on the field. And that's just the harsh reality of it. And how can you gain an edge over this opponent is just through preparation. I mean, that's it's really what it comes down to for me is just preparing and experience and learning from it and continuing to do that over and over and over again. Yeah, just to piggyback off off Sean again, um, especially in my early years abroad, like I, you know, I definitely couldn't have had a podcast where I spoke confidently about it because I think I was learning each time with it, and I think you know I'm still learning and, and improving techniques. I mean, after a bad game, it's still so hard for me to sleep. Like, and these are things that I just am constantly working on, trying to detach myself from the game when it's when it's appropriate. Um. But, you know, there's a lot of tips and tricks along the way. I think one thing that I always come back to is, you know, with the path that we've all chosen, you know, it's it's like if I wanted to be stressed, I would have picked a desk job. You know, I kick a ball around for for a living. So, like, why am I going to be as stressed as a guy who's, you know, doing something he doesn't like? I love this, you know, so I try and look for the best of it in every situation yeah, I had a bad training. Okay. Next one, that's an opportunity to play better, you know? Okay. That's going to be easier to play better next time. I'm going to have fun. So I think it's important to look at as like Sean said, there's always opportunities to get better. And I don't think that should be a negative thing where like, you know, this is a never ending story. It just really comes back to being in love with the process of getting better. So every, every single training, every single game, no matter if I played bad, the one before, this new one's an, an opportunity. I might play bad again, but that's just what it is. And I kick a damn ball around. So I really like my complaints at the end of the day, you know, you're away from family a lot. You're away from friends. But, you know, this is what we chose. So you could choose anything you want. And we chose to, to kick a ball around. So might as well have fun. Enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think for me, kind of to piggyback off of what you guys have said is, I've kind of gotten to the point now where, you know, I still want, I still want this like crazy, you know, I still want to pursue it, but I know now, like I'm a little bit at peace with the fact, like if, if tomorrow is to get some terrible injury, I know I could never play again or something like that. I know I've done everything in my power to pursue this to the best of my ability. And I've, you know, I've given it my best and I've, and that kind of gives me some peace in this as well. And like you said, I've been able to chase a ball around Europe, like how many people, especially in our shoes as Americans, how many people can say that they've played a match in Germany? Like, I mean, I even see the Leverkusen jersey behind you. Like, that's a sure. short list of Americans that can say that they've played against, you know what I mean? And you know, yeah, for me, cool now, me now playing in Denmark, I think I love to be, I love to be motivated and, and pushing myself towards the future. But I, again, I do like to kind of sometimes take a second to 
realize all that I have accomplished and, and that it's, mm. it's no small feat. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's an important thing to, to, to do constantly. I mean, Sean and I more so when we live together, just at random moments, we'd be like, holy shit, we're in Germany, you know, and just like say that to each other. And we'd be like, take a second, like, oh, my God, we are in Germany. Like, it, it, it really is crazy what we're doing. And it's and it's no small feat. Like you said, regardless of wherever we make it, we we tried this and we, you know, we played games in these places where a small list of Americans and, you know, especially from our towns and colleges and stuff. So, you know, it is it is. I think very memorable and we should be very proud of it. And, you know, it's, I think it's very, I think it's very easy to, um, to kind of do pursue this and have one foot in and one foot out. And I would advise against that because I think, like you said, once you're fully immersed in it and you know that you're giving everything, what have happens after that at the end of the day, you know, is just what happens. And you may be looking back at it like I could have went this far but at least it wasn't like, oh, I, I, you know, I have no idea where I would have been. Yeah. I think these are important things that you should, you should, you should take into account when pursuing something like this. Yeah. I think, I think probably, I'm guessing it's similar for you guys as well. One of the driving kind of ideas in my life is just, I don't want to look back, you know, I don't want to look back and say, what if I don't want to look back and have any regrets. Yeah. I mm-hmm. want to know that, I did everything that I possibly could and I got to this level or I didn't get to this level like that, that kind of like we're saying the chips are going to fall where they will. But, you know, I've known guys that I've had conversations with who are like, "Mm, yeah, I left a little bit, I left a little bit early and, and I kind of regret it. And I just, I don't want to have that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually, I just, I was just listening to a podcast and I forget who it was, but it was a great point. How, like we so what Dylan just spoke about and what you just mentioned is that we're committing 100% to this right we're trying to make this happen right but at the same time we're in love with the process not the end result of it mm-hmm. but you know we know okay we've done everything we can do we were able to play at this level and then you know we we went down a different opportunity we got to this level but i put everything i can do but for the people that don't go they go 80% in 70% in Right. And then it doesn't work out. They can always say, oh, it's because I didn't try or oh, because I could have did more. Right. Yeah. So you never failed because you don't want to fail. But if you don't, if you're not basing your success or failure off the end result, then you can't fail. This is just a process. Right. You're oh, you're always pushing yourself, but there is no failure Mm -hmm. there. There's what what is the definition of failure? Define to me how any of our careers can be a failure if it's not okay, I want to play for Chelsea one day. I didn't get there. Oh, I failed. Like that, that's the wrong mindset to have. It's just a process. And every day I'm going to get better. I'm going to get to the highest level I can get. And then one day when I'm going to go down a different path, I'm going to do the same thing there. And yeah. it's, it's like, you know, have a direction, not an endpoint. Right. I think I've mentioned that before. It's like, you're, you're going work, you're working towards something, but there isn't an end. It never stops. Whether you're doing this in football, you're doing this in your future career. It's a, it's a never ending thing. Yeah. I'm happy you just mentioned that exact point about failure. Cause actually I had a conversation with a co- former coach of mine and a mentor last night. Cause you know, I didn't have the best training session and I was like, you know, I just want to talk to somebody, just kind of talk through it. And I think sometimes I had become, you know, especially when I was younger, I'd become so tunnel visioned on that end product, right? Like I just want to mm-hmm. say I'm a pro and that's it. And, you know, maybe 21 year old me 
only saw this journey having one way to deem it a success. It was mm. only if there's a contract and that's it. Anything else is a failure. And I think now, right, like that's still that's still kind of the overarching goal, but it's a little bit more fluid than that. As you mentioned, it's it's a, it's more about the process. It's more about the journey. It's trying to become the best person that I can be and, you know, giving it my best. And And again, like you said, how can that be a failure if you're just trying to, you know, pursue what makes you happy and and become the best at it. If you're, it's dangerous, like you said, to have just this one singular thing. That's like, if I don't get there, then it's a, it's a bust. It's a failure. Yeah. 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 That's the, it's one of the, I guess it's one of the scary, one of the problems with just having, you know, goal-based thinking is like you could fail and then it could just deter you from, from, actually accomplishing the things that you can accomplish. So like, that's like the direction, like you boys said is, is the most important thing. And, you know, I I think, you know, we had very similar thinkings in early in our careers where it was, I'm getting a professional contract. These are like the things that I would write down. And this was like all that I really cared about. I think that has a lot to do, especially when you're coming out of college is like, it's kind of just like the clout of it. It's kind of just having the notoriety. Mm-hmm. And then when you kind of get into the world and you see how much it is and how tough it is, I think those goals kind of alter a little bit. And I think it takes a very brave person to like admit that and then come to terms with like, okay, this maybe I wasn't doing for the right reasons and I didn't have the right intentions. Let me circle back, refocus, rethink like what is my goal or what is my real direction in this and then this these are the the processes that you become in love with yeah and and i think i would ask dylan if you can expand on this a little bit because i know i've heard you guys talk about this on your podcast and i know i've been a victim to it over the past probably more so in my younger years but let's take a break to talk about support for the in 11 podcast is brought to you by manscaped who is the best in men's below the waist grooming their products are precision engineered tools for your family jewels Manscaped Performance Package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code 11 at manscaped.com. Now, if my math is correct, that's about 8 million balls. Now, listen, here's the deal, gentlemen. The Performance Package 4.0 has arrived and it is a game changer. Now, I know we got a lot of ballers out here, right? We got a lot of coaches out here. A lot of you, I know in your sessions, in your games, you're constantly saying, you got to take care of the ball, but you're not taking care of your own. It's crazy. It's it's wild. And we got to change that here. And Manscaped's going to help you do that. So first off, we've got the Lawnmower 4.0, and it is the future of men's below the waist grooming. And that is because of their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is also waterproof. It has a 400K LED spotlight, so no more going blind in the bathroom, getting hair all over the floor, right? Pop in the shower, you've got the light as well, easy, and you're done. On to the next one. Now, same goes for that Weed Whacker, the Manscaped Weed Whacker for your ear and nose hair trimming necessities. You've got the proprietary skin-safe technology, which is going to help reduce with nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate, sensitive areas. Now, last but not least, we can't forget about the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Ball Toner. A lot of you guys, I know you've got 
a routine with your recovery, right? You've got pregame rituals, you've got postgame rituals, a recovery routine that you do after, right? Hop in an ice bath, whatever it is, you have to add your below the waist care to that. You've got to take care of your balls, gentlemen. You don't want to be playing 90 minutes and then you come in and you're sweaty and disgusting and you're not taking care of yourself. You got, you've got to do it. And Manscaped, like I said, is here to help you in that department. And who knows, maybe that special someone that's in your life coming to the game, watching you play, you know, you play a good 90 minutes, maybe you bag a goal, I don't know. You want to be ready, you want to be prepared, you don't want to be in a situation where you are left without Manscaped. Now, just because Manscaped is hooking you up and they want to take care of you, the Performance Package 4.0 has a couple of goodies thrown in there. They've got the Manscaped boxer briefs and they threw in a little carry-on bag just to travel with all of your Manscaped products, whether you're going for an away game, right? It's a road trip, you're in a plane, whatever. Chuck all your Manscaped products in there. You don't have to think about it. You can forget about it and make sure that you're still taken care of. So it is time, gentlemen, because your balls will thank you. It is time to take care of yourself. So go to manscaped.com and get 20% off with free shipping using the code 11. That's 20% off with free shipping using the code 11. E-L-E-V-E-N at manscaped.com. That is 20 whole percent off of your order. 20% off your order with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code 11. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. I think part of that, that thinking that you just mentioned comes a little bit from comparing yourself to, you know, other players or mm-hmm. other people. Mm-hmm. You know, I find myself doing that a lot. I'm like, oh, like he just signed a contract or like I said, probably a little bit more when I was younger, but I still do it now. He just signed a contract here or he just signed a contract here. When is that going to happen for me? Is it going to happen for me? And then too, sometimes the flip side of that is, you know, you have friends at home that are not in the game and you know, my best friend's about to have a kid this summer and I'm like, all right, well, we're different in two very different places yeah, in our lives right now. You know? yeah. And mm-hmm. I think you sometimes can, that can cripple you if you become too much into that comparison. Do you, do you find yeah. that you maybe had that a little bit when you were younger as well or, or still even struggle with it? Sometimes? I think I still have it. I mean, I think these are some things that you never truly like. You can't perfect all of these things because the, the mind is a very, you know, it cannot be controlled to the, you know, the extent we want it to be. So like, you know, I'm still comparing myself to, to players. It's more so now like players that I'm playing against Mm-hmm. more than like you know he got a contract here or like look at this i think i think that just comes with being a little bit more you know just secure in in, in where you're going with your direction like the things that we just spoke about but yeah I, I i mean i truly think these are the areas that we can always improve i'm still comparing myself um and these are things that i'm trying to work on for sure yeah. Sean, anything and, to anything to add to that? Yeah, just perfect, perfect example segue there, Brendan. Um, so, for example, this is this goes goes back to mindset, right? So, sure, when we were younger, we'd always compare. Oh, you know, I'm better than this player, and he signed there. Mm-hmm. That's not fair, right? Or we can look at it like this: I went to the same school as Dylan, right, Brendan? You played at a very similar level to us, and Dylan has a Byron Leverkusen jersey behind him that he played against. So that means because I played with him. That means that I can play at that level too. Mm-hmm. I'm not jealous of Dylan's experience. All that does is give me more motivation and mm-hmm. more reasoning that that's possible for both of us, right? If he's able to do it, so am I. 
I played with yeah. him. We played at the same level. We played in the Oberliga. We played in the fourth tier. He failed at trials. I failed at trials. We're all on the same journey. And instead of looking at it as that's not fair, he got it. I'm jealous of it. It's just more reasoning that this is going to happen for me. Right. And I completely, I completely the, the that, situation yeah. is exactly the same. It's just you're thinking about it in a different way. Mm. It's another it's another example of just kind of flipping the switch. It's another Jedi mind trick. It's it's I especially out of college. I remember hating just in my head, like just being a big hater. It's like, oh, man, like I'm better than him. Like, how is this guy playing USL? and I can't even get a call back, you know, but it, it it's that same thinking. Like it just gives you more belief like this is totally possible. Like Sean and I have played against guys who play in third, second Bundesliga, you know, like first Bundesliga. And it's like, you know, I found myself that I can play against these people and I didn't feel out of touch and I was confident. Right. Like, so why can't that be me? Not in terms of like, why isn't that me? But why can't that be me? There's no reason it can't. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would 100% agree. I think it's a if you can turn it into a positive, it's, it's so much more beneficial to you. You know, I know there are players that I played with in Germany that went on to then sign contracts in, in the NISA in the next year. And it was like, it almost reassures you. Like you said, Sean, it's like, okay, they were actually as good as I thought they were. And, and I was close to that level or I was right around that level. So that means I'm not far off. And I think right. also it kind of shows a level of maturity for us, uh, you know, as we're developing as players and just people Like, I know for me, I know I kind of, I don't get as jealous now, but I'm like happy for people that have, that get that big break or they get that contract because it's like, I know, you know, especially my friends that have gone on to sign something. It's, I know how much they had to go through to get there and you kind of, it just shifts a little bit. I don't know where exactly it happens, but somewhere along the way, like, you know, I, I know for either of you guys, if I, when I see somewhere that you guys are about to sign somewhere big, it's not going to be like this inner seething of oh, shit, like I'm not where they are. I think it's going to just be, you want the people around you to do well. Right. Yeah. And, it, and it's reassuring when you see people that you're close with or that you're close friends or you, you play with them on the same team. If they're signing these contracts, that means that you can sign the contracts. With mm-hmm. a, with with signing a contract, there's a, there is a lot of luck involved in terms of what team's looking for a certain position. Like Dylan said, he was on trial for three separate teams. That if you looked at the previous season's table, they were all towards the bottom. Now, if he failed in the first three trials, and then someone said he's going to go sign for the team that finished in third place last season, you would say there's no shot. He just mm-hmm. failed at these bottom three. Why would he go to the top of the table now and sign there? And then what happened? He goes there and gets signed within a few days and then winds up playing in the cup game against Leverkusen. So it's like there is a little bit of luck involved. So sometimes it's just not going to happen. They're not looking for your position. And you know that, okay, if this player signs here, we know that we're all at a similar level. If he can do it, so can I. And mm. it shouldn't be a discouragement. It should encourage you to continue to do what you're doing. And you're going to get a break soon enough. You know, yeah. it's like I, I, I failed when I broke my leg and I didn't get signed that summer. I could have said, oh, this is ridiculous. But no, I was like, oh, wait, I trained with both of these teams and they said no. But during training, I was very comfortable. I'm just as good as these players. So next transfer window, next opportunity, I'm going to find a team that is looking for a player like me. Because I know now that these two teams are at the top of the league last year. I can play at this level. There's no question. So now let's wait for the next opportunity and then I'll be ready for it. Yeah, 100%. And just to keep piggybacking off of Sean, he's making great points and 
stealing the show, but um, yeah, it, it's kind of, it's kind of like what you guys both said is, is the circle that you create and the, the connections that you create, like you start to root for each other because you have all of the same values. So it just feels nice that someone that believes in the same, like, you know, things that you do has the same values of, of pursuing a dream over trying to just have, you know, just money and things like this security. Like you root for those people because they feel like you. And it's, it just kind of sees, you see a reflection of them in yourself. And, you know, even in a selfish way of thinking it is like, okay, he got on that team. That's a connection. You know, like the, the hating is obviously we're just tend to be haters sometimes because we always compare. But at the end of the day, like it should be seen as a positive because yes, this is like a reflection of the same values that we're trying to instill and help other people to realize that they can follow these dreams and, and two, like, you know, he gets on a team. Sean signs for St. Pauli tomorrow in the second Bundesliga. I'm, you know, that's a connection for me. Like exactly. now he could be whispering in the, in the coach, like the, the ear of the coach saying, you know, I know a crafty midfielder, like take a look at him on trial. And the coaches will listen to players all the time. This happens so often. So, you know, be happy and, and, and cheer on other people because there's really no other reason not to. Yeah. Yeah you hit the nail on the head. It's that's so common that players will vouch for other players. And that's how a lot of guys get contracts. You know, like you just said, if a midfielder goes down and Sean's next opportunity, Oh, Hey coach, like I know somebody who could come in and fill those shoes right away. And I think as everyone's listening to all three of us talk, what should be important. And you can kind of take this in the context of our footballing career, but also like our podcast, you know, I think a lot of people would say our podcasts are very similar. You know, they are like, we're kind of talking about the same thing, but why I think it's, you can find value in both of what we talk about and what all three of us talk about is that everyone's journey is going to be different. And so you can take value in that, you know, you guys played in upstate New York and I played in Philly and then I went here and then you guys went there. Like there's value in everyone's story and there's value in listening and and learning and then maybe you do it a little bit different you know maybe you listen to some of the things that I talk about you're like okay that seems smart that Brendan did but then that seems like a really dumb decision I'm not going to do that and same thing with you guys you know some may look at Australia and be like okay Dylan talked about how Australia was a good opportunity but he knew he wanted to get to Europe because that was really where the springboard was going to be for his career like I think that's another piece of that puzzle of being supportive of your your teammates and your friends and, and connections because they can help you maybe and also you want to be happy for them but also just recognizing that everyone's journey is going to be different so you can't look at somebody and think and be jealous of them because they're never no one's going to have the identical story you know what i mean never never and yeah it's just you're 100% right i mean different experiences create different stories and create different mindsets so Sean and I, I mean, we agree on a lot of things, but there's a lot of things that we don't have the same um, mindset on, or we just don't have the same tendencies to, to look at things. I think a lot of the core values can be the same amongst all three of us, but different experiences really create this. And, and this is why you should listen to both of our podcasts, because we have different things to talk about. A lot of similar values, but different ways that we've dealt with different adversities. You know, this is, there's not one path. I think, and that's, that's should be very, very key for everyone to, to hear. There is not one path and your path will be a hundred percent different. And there's things that you're going to have to learn on your own. And, you know, but there's a lot of things that you can learn from the people that 
that, that came before you and, you know, helped you. Right. Every, I mean, everyone's, everyone's path is highly unique, but at the same time, everyone's path is eerily similar. Right. And, and you have no idea where your, where your career is going to go or what your path is until you just, you start working it. Did I ever think I was going to play in Mongolia? No. Like, you know, you play that game in elementary school, you like spin the globe and you stop it with your finger and that's where you're going to live. Like I never, never hit Mongolia. It's a pretty big, it's a pretty big area pretty too. Big so area too. Probably yeah. hit it once or twice, but. Must have. I was just like, what is this just place? Just move my finger a little to the left. Oh, China. Yeah. Um, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, but so you can learn from everyone, right? We're all going like you're in Denmark now. I have a lot of questions for you. I, I don't know anyone in Denmark and I'd like to know how it is there. There's many questions, right? You can learn from all these different people. I've never been to Australia. Dylan, please tell me about this, 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 and this. How is this? Instead of being jealous that these people have opportunities, it's one, a potential connection. We spoke, the first thing you said in the episode was how small this football world is and how you know this person and know this person. And, oh, I know this coach. And like the longer you're in this industry, the more you realize that everyone knows everyone. Like, it seems crazy, but like, there's a very small group of people doing the same thing we're doing. And we're going through very, even though they're highly unique, they're very similar experiences. And you could take some, a little something from everyone's experience. Yeah, without a doubt, it almost, it almost becomes like a little bit of a, a fraternity, I guess. Like, you know, it's all these people that have kind of similar mindsets and they want to, you know, they want to help each other. And even if it's not in us, in the way of, like getting them a trial or getting them an opportunity like this for me is super big. Like just to meet you guys, like hear your insight, hear some of the things that you have gone through and like your ideology about trials and, and everything like this is helping me, you know, this is helping me learn. I'm learning new things and, and gaining experience in this. Like it's, there's so much to be had from this pursuit and, and meeting these people along the way. Yeah, I think everything, every single experience is just an opportunity to learn. And it's very likewise with us. Anytime that we, you know, a big reason why we started the podcast was, you know, just to form bonds and form connections with people who are going through similar things. So, I mean, it's happening right here. We've, we've never met each other face to face, but we have so much in common in terms of, you know, goals and, you know, things that we struggled with and, you know, each person that you meet, each coach that you meet, each team that you've been on, all of these guys, you know, it's just an opportunity to learn. And I think, you know, when you look at it that way, it just becomes an even more exciting experience. And you look back at it and you won't be filled with regret is because like, you know, one day you might never be a professional soccer player, but if you played amateur in, in, in Germany and amateur in Sweden and you know, you played semi-professional here, or, you know, it's like, these are all just things that you've learned and experiences you've learned and then connections that you've made around the globe. Like, there's so many ways to, to, to define success. And, and for me, that, that, that was just, it's one of the biggest, you know, whether I get on a massive team and, you know, I'm full-time, full-time and I, you know, don't have to have a second job or anything like this. It, to me, that's not the biggest, biggest success from all of this. I think it's everything else that I will and have learned. Yeah, I, I think maybe we can talk about as you know, we've learned so much in doing this. What are some experiences that really stand out for you as maybe 
an amazing and one of your best experiences kind of in this pursuit of the game, or maybe one of the toughest experiences that you went through in these past couple of years along your career? Maybe Sean, if we want to start with you. Mm, yes. Take the hard question. <laughs> um, so I, I would have to say that it's not, it's, it's everything together. Just kind of like a conglomerate experience of this whole thing is that, um, I think Dylan mentioned before is like, you can't grow in a comfortable environment and what an easy way to put yourself in an uncomfortable environment than leaving your country and going somewhere, just going somewhere that they don't speak the same language because now daily life going to going to get food at the market now yeah. is <laughs> it's everything is, is what quote unquote, a stressor, right? Yeah. You have to think now, like I remember first coming to uh, Mongolia was a little different because the amount of Mongolian I learned was minuscule, but Germany, like I'd come home and like my head hurts from trying to speak German, <laughs> learn German and listen to German. It's like, we'd have to think to listen. Like I can't tie my shoes and listen to the coach at the same time. Nope. Like, I have to stare at him and see his mouth to comprehend what he's saying. It's like little things like this, that you would not get like in America. You know, I could be talking to someone else and still listening to the coach at the same time. Like little things like that, I would never have learned until I went to a country where they're speaking a language that I've, other than thank you, there's no word or beer, you know, das, das boot. We've heard in movies. <laughs> it's like, I don't know any German. This, I, no one speaks German at home. Um, and you put yourself in an uncomfortable environment and then you just learn from it. And like it becomes, at this point, it's almost not addicting, but it's like I, I really enjoy it. It's like being in a, in, a, in a situation like a trial, for example, like I love it. It's like because I mentioned this to Dell when he was on trial for, I don't know, it was probably seven, eight weeks. Like I missed that at the time because I've been on this team now for a year. But it's like when you're on trial, every day is game day. Like those game day butterflies and like you're hyped to play and like you're tuned in every single second. That's what it is on trial. But this is practice. But because I'm on a team and I think, you know, I'm, I'm pretty confident I'm going to play on the weekend. I might not be going 110 percent every training. But when you're on trial, there isn't a second option like this is end all be all. And you miss that. I miss that feeling. Right. Especially when you're not playing games. It's like I don't want to change shoes with you, but like I kind of want to change shoes with you. Like I want to be. In oh, that Sean, Sean would like ask me questions after each session. Like he was a fiend. Like, hey, I was trying. Like, <laughs> man, I don't know if I've ever met a player that's like, yo, my favorite part is the trial. Like, <laughs> I mean, not, not those different. Really, but, but like, you understand what I'm saying? It's like this. Yeah. Being in an uncomfortable situation, an uncomfortable environment, is comfortable. Like this is the new common thing. Addicting, like, isn't it? Like it, it, it becomes it is, addicting, it is addicting at times. It's like this is it's a, the adrenaline rush you get. I mean, it really, for me, it's a, a totally a real thing. Like going back to America and speaking English and just like going through the motions. It's like, wow, I really, it makes me realize how much I enjoy being out of the country and being in these like uncomfortable environments where it's not, this is not what you grew up doing. You didn't grow up speaking German. Like it's, I'm, I'm so shocked by myself where sometimes like I, I talk German, I didn't think about it. Like I never, I was never, I'm not fluent in German. I can speak it pretty well, but it's like, I'm listening and speaking German and I'm not thinking twice about it. Like, this is ridiculous. Three years ago, I was in Mongolia and now I'm in a country speaking a different language, like not really thinking about it. Like that's, this is like, 
I'm getting paid to do this. McDillon said, someone's paying me to live in another country and kick a ball around. Like it can't be better than this. Yeah. Yeah. Quickly before I pass it to you, Dylan, I do want to bring up that point that I don't know if people fully realize that are from America. Like when you just go to the grocery store or you get on the train, you're kind of like, you're just hyper aware of everything, you know, like what if somebody comes (laughs) and asks me something? you kind of you go through scenarios of like what potential conversations could be what would I say yes. if they say this and it's crazy because I think what it did for me also is it made it just makes your comfort zone that much bigger right you do all these uncomfortable things and then like you said you go back to America remember the first time I went back to America after Germany nothing at all was like scary nothing was everything was just so easy because when you're in a place like Germany and you don't know the language at all, just going to the grocery store is you get a little bit nervous. Like what if somebody asks you a question? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm now kind of in the early stages of that and here in Denmark and, and probably even more people, I would say, speak English here um, than maybe even Germany. But still, their primary language is Danish. So like you said, at training, when the coach is talking – I almost feel like a psycho sometimes because I'm just staring at his mouth. I'm trying to see if I can pick up any words. And sometimes people ask me, they're like, are you getting anything? And I'm like, I don't know. I got like a couple words, but I still can't always get the context or can't get full sentences. So it's just, it's interesting that that you mentioned that as well. Danish is a tough one too. I've, I've been to Copenhagen and it's a, that's a tough language. All those Nordic languages are very tough because there's like, I mean, with German, there's a lot of, Although it's different and the and the structure of it is much different, there's still so much overlap in terms of words and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like water, vasa. It's like, you know, these things like can become very like second nature. Mm-hmm. But it just it brought just like just not a specific story, but funny occurrences. And Sean will back this up is like especially in the about. beginning. I've gotten better, but especially <laughs> in the beginning, like I would just have it in my head, like going getting a coffee there's like a routine of like what they will ask and in my head it's like a planned thing it's like practiced out like okay i say this and then i say this and then i say this but what you know really gets you is when they they throw you for a loophole and start saying something else (laughs) then you're like oh shit i don't know (laughs) yeah and i've done this before and i've just completely answered it like a question that was like (laughs) like um like do you want a lid for your cup and i'm like no you know, black coffee is fine. And they're like, wait, what? Like that doesn't make any sense, but it's a, you know, I've got, obviously because my German has gotten better, but it's just one of those things that like, yeah, I, I mean, I understand everything in the USA, so it's, it's much easier. Yeah, yeah, but it's I, funny. I also just find I'm, I'm less embarrassed now. Yes, like when I go a- home, I just find I'm less embarrassed if I do something that's like yeah, silly or whatever. I just like, you you stop caring because I've I've probably said the wrong thing to Germans and and Swedes so many times that it, it you know right. who cares? It's like the overarching theme here, I think, is like it just gets rid of the ego. Like you know, here I am speaking. You know, in the beginning, I'm speaking like a child. Like I just went to pay for my coffee, and she asked if I'd like anything else, and I told her my favorite color is blue. It's like <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, like yeah. what you know. I'm I'm trying and I'm going to be foolish. If you're learning a language, a language is an easy thing to to talk about it because it's like you're whatever we are, we're 26 and I'm trying to speak and this little 2-year-old can speak better than me. Yeah. And it's like if you, if, I, if I if I so think about what I just said and what I said in English and translate it one to one, like that's what it is. It's like would you want want a coffee? Uh no, I like dogs. 
like, what? Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, in the beginning, like Dylan said, you have this conversation planned out in your head. And then they ask you something that you didn't expect them to ask. And you just panic. It's like, oh, I'm, mm. I'm out. Like, it actually I'm happened gonna, to me. I'm not even going to lie. This happened to me yesterday. <laughs> so I'm at the grocery store, right? And there's like, you know, like when you accumulate like rewards at a grocery store, there's yeah. like a thing that they check. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like, it's, it's like pay, it's payback card, but payback carta. But you can also say like, when they ask you how you want to pay, you can also say pay by carta. It's just kind of like, uh, English, German, like in, like it's just kind of like scrunched together. And I said that and like the lady at the cash register, like brought out the little scan gun and she was trying to scan my credit card for a second, like with a gun. And we both looked at each other like, okay, wait, we're. <laughs> We're, we're on two different wavelengths here. Like, let's, <laughs> let's rewind. And then I was like, Oh, like this, you know, obviously, like, let me start saying something different now. So now it's like, I'll just say Mick Carter, which is yeah. a little By not Carter. as, or yeah, yeah, which is just not as similar and can, you know, she, scanned, she scanned your credit card and asked for your social after that. It's kind of weird. <laughs> she, she I, gave her every, account blind. I gave her everything too. I was so nervous. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, Two little thoughts that came to mind when we were mentioning this, because I think anyone who comes overseas like has at least one, if not a hundred experiences like this. I had one similar at the grocery store where, where I had like gotten in my head, you know, I had the routine where uh, I think this is back in Germany and I knew they were always going to ask if I wanted the receipt or not. So, you know, I just got in the habit of being like, no, thank you. So she had asked me if I wanted to pay by cash or card. <laughs> And I was just like, no, thank you. And then she was kind of like, what? And then I handed the cash and then it just kind of, the conversation just ended and, you know, it went seamlessly. And, but there's one other one where I went to uh, an Oberliga game with a teammate of mine and I had always tried to learn German while I was there. A lot of my teammates just didn't because they were like, you know, I speak English and a lot of people speak English here, so it'll be fine. So we went to, uh, go like get the tickets for the game and I was paying for the both of us and I like asked if I could get two and he asked me something and I think he had just asked me because he didn't hear me he just asked me to repeat myself and but it's like that moment where they ask you something and you don't know what it is and you sort of just freeze and so I looked at my teammate who I know spoke no German at all and I was like what did he say but I'm like, this, you know, this is so dumb. He's not going to know either. Now we both just look like idiots yeah. and I've added him into this process as well. So it's just funny how anyone who kind of comes over to Europe, everyone has that sort of experience that's happened mm-hmm. to them a handful of times. Happens too often, honestly, yeah. too often. And you can't help but laugh. It's just like, it's funny. This is funny. Yeah. Like I'm learning a new language in a different country. Like I just made a fool of myself and like, hopefully they, they it made them laugh. I'm laughing about it. And great. Like I just made someone laugh over, was, you know, trying was, to buy a coffee. I have one more just to add on. I know there's been a few of these kind of stories, but I thought I this one was funny. Stories, <laughs> They're so funny to me. It was like, I was at a, like a pharmacy and I like paid for it. And I thought that she, this was early on. I thought she asked if I wanted a receipt and I said, no, thank you. And I started to walk out. And then she was like, wait, wait, she, she ended up, she was asking me like to wait because my, my card hadn't gone through and I, and she said that. And I just said, no, thank you. Like imagine that in, in the U S like the lady goes, your card doesn't, your card isn't going through one second and you go, no, thank you. And you just start to walk out <laughs> like that. That was me. She must've been like, this guy is insane. 
But I mean, it was, it's so funny to think about now. Like I was almost out of there. I almost got some free chips and <laughs> imagine you yeah, tackled it's ex- by it's a exactly cop. like Sean said, you know, you, it's, you look back on it now and we can laugh, you know, in the moment you're like, Oh God. But now you can look back on it and laugh. You probably made that person laugh a little bit. And sometimes Hopefully. the thing I remind myself too, is I'm like, I'm never going to see this person again. You know what I mean? Yeah, they they yeah, might yeah, think yeah. of this story for a few minutes, but it's not going to affect like my life at all in a serious way. Right. So it's just funny. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I mean, but like you can learn from it too. It's like, because when you first, when you, when we're first learning a language, like in the beginning, we all went through it is like, you have this conversation planned out in your head already. And then they ask you something that you weren't expecting. And instead of just listening to what they said and trying to figure it out, it's like a panic. Like telling them to repeat or saying, I I don't understand, you know, like like you could just say like, excuse me, be bitter. And they could say it again. And then you're listening. But instead of this, you just panic. And then you like start Uh, (laughs) it's like just come, but you could take this like in any other adversity situation, like control your emotions, stay level headed, see what the problem is. Again, ask, excuse me. They could say it again. Like in English, you, someone says something to you and you don't understand it. You say, can you repeat it? Right. But like for whatever reason, in this situation, it's just like immediate panic, adrenaline's pumping. And it's (laughs) like, I'm just trying to get a piece of bread. (laughs) It's it's so crazy. I don't understand it sometimes. Like I get so much more stressed in those situations than I anything related to football whatsoever. You know what I mean? Somebody asked me something in a pharmacy and I'm like, (gasps) yeah, it's crazy. And I mean, like we're both in countries where a lot of people at least speak a little bit of English. So you can say like, no, I don't understand. Or like, do you speak English? Or like, English is better. Like, I mean, you could even say it in English, and right. you yeah. could get there's around. a backup plan. There's always sure. a backup plan, but you don't think that. You think yeah. your first reaction is like sweating. Oh I'm gonna like, die. Oh my god, fight or flight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. fight or flight. And what I was, Danke. It, it doesn't know. Uh, what always I I don't know how I feel about it. Whether I appreciate that they're you know accommodating to me, or whether I just feel like an idiot is when you ask them like to repeat themselves or you ask them what, and then they clock. Oh, he doesn't know the language. And they go and straight they, to English and they go straight to English. I'm always like, oh, damn. That's, like, that's, that's not as bad as speaking perfect German. Like the words were right. And then them answering in English because like, oh, there's no way this guy's German. I was like, God, I, I had it all, you know, like there was nothing wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> Just wanted a coffee. I prepared, I practiced and <laughs> She answers yeah. in English. I'm like, oh, yeah. my apartment. I'm ready for this moment. <laughs> yeah, I was in yeah. the, I was in front of the mirror for 30 how minutes. How was the other I day with, at the coffee shop? Said Dylan said it perfectly in English. I mean, perfectly in German. We like order two coffees, and she just answers in English. And it's like we didn't we didn't say anything. To you in and I've English. ordered. I've had a lot of practice ordering coffees in German. I've I've had a lot and lot of practice, so I know if what I say is right at this point. <laughs> Yeah. And you know, it's just it's a little demoralizing. Preparation builds someone. confidence. Yeah, it just it, what are we talking like, about? Yeah. Yeah, but they it's have like, the power to take that confidence as soon as they speak English back to you. You're like, oh it's, damn. It's like scoring a goal and like no one cheered and everyone just is pretending like it's a goal kick. It's like <laughs> it's terrible feeling. <laughs> oh my god, what an analogy. <laughs> it's that is quite an analogy. <laughs> All right, maybe that, maybe not like nailing the coffee order in german is not a goal but you know it's a similar feeling it's great you go to get your coffee you just knee slide <laughs> just the, fully celebrating the, outside of the shop like do the yeah. ronaldo c <laughs> take off the jersey i'm like holding it 
<laughs> oh. oh man, that's awesome. Oh, this is this has been a lot of fun, guys. I, I definitely want to give you a couple minutes here, though, at the end to kind of plug your podcast a little bit and talk, maybe give the listeners um, kind of what you're all about and where they can listen to you, where they can follow along with with your guys' journey and and consume your episodes. John, who 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 you want me to take it? You take it. You do a combo. Go ahead. Okay, well, this is new for us. You know, we're not usually yeah. plugging our podcast on someone else's. So, yeah, you guys can you guys can just search us on you know wherever you listen to podcasts. Footwork podcast. Uh, Instagram is footwork underscore podcast. Um, Twitter, I believe, is footwork podcast. Don't quote me on that. Um, YouTube footwork podcast. All these things that you know with the search you'll you'll find us. Um, basically, we 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 tell a similar story to to you and you know in the in the 11 pod and we um we're very focused on on making your own path we always we always end each episode saying a very similar kind of catchphrase and you know it's it's about making your own path it's about following your dreams it's about learning it's about taking these failures on and you know choosing the 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 route that's not safe and being uncomfortable you know a lot of the topics that we touched on today is a lot of the things that we like to talk about um we like to take some of these topics and, and dive even deeper. You know, well, we have de- guests on all the time and, you know, it's fun. We're, we're, we're building even more connections throughout the world and, you know, sometimes stepping outside of the soccer realm to kind of bring ideas. Like we just had Sean's brother on who, um, you know, is, is, is very military involved. Uh, you know, flies Blackhawks was, you know, in, in all these realms and we, we try and build the bridge and, and take some, some of the similar viewpoints that you could take in, in a military life and, and bring it into soccer or into work or into any of these things. And it's really just about being the best version of yourselves. And, and that's what we're trying to preach on footwork, whether, you know, Sean and I are doing it ourselves is remain to be seen, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just all about and you're making your own path and, and pursuing a dream, not being scared, not being scared of failure, right? It's just the process that we're, that we're pushing for and and like you said with my brother or any other guest we've had outside of the soccer realm like as as different as our journeys are it's it's there's very similar values in it all when you're when you're doing everything you can do to succeed at whatever it is there's overlaying themes with everyone's journey um and once you get talking to them especially in this long form via podcast you know you you realize that wow this is not as different as it might seem on paper you know, this person's doing this and I'm going in this direction, but actually, wait, we, we, we are thinking about things very similar. And I think that's, that's really apparent to see throughout all the episodes and, and like this conversation as different as, as our journeys are, and we're in different places. Um, and we've never met before, before this, other than listening to each other's podcast, our journeys are very similar. Right. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, that's, that's, that's what it's all about. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I love about you know, my podcast, what I've tried to do and what you guys are trying to do as well is yes, it's, it's going to cater itself to soccer a lot because that's, you know, what we know best. And that's kind of our journey that we're on. So sure. There's going to be lots of players out there that are going to listen to, you know, our story and maybe follow along. But what I hope people can take away from is just uh, our idea of just pursuing what really makes you happy. You know what I mean? Don't just do the safe thing. Don't just do the status quo thing because that's what society has told you to do. You know, if your dream is to become a musician, start your own business, you know, whatever it may be, 
I think try and maybe listen to our story for these points that we talk about, you know, talk about resiliency and mental toughness and, and just being, you know, falling in love with the process rather than falling in love with that end goal, that destination, all these things can be applicable to a lot of other different careers. And and so I hope people can, you know, appreciate us for what we're doing in the soccer world, but also maybe, you know, we can attract some other kind of audience and just build a community of people that are trying to do something a little bit outside the box, you know, when it all comes down to it. Couldn't agree more. You know, the analogies may be different because we're playing a sport, you know, it, it's, it could be the same in, in any, any realm, any career, you know, trials are like job interviews and, you know, failures can happen all the time. You get fired from a job and you, or you don't resign with a team. Like all of these things have the same exact lessons that you can be learned from it. And, you know, we're just, both of us, we're just telling our stories from the version of, of, of soccer, but I still think there's so much more to gain in terms of overcoming failure, obstacles, building connections. I mean, it's, it's endless really. So I think, yes, it's a soccer related podcast for both of us, but you know, it's a life, it's a following a dream and it's not settling for the safe route and doing, like you said, doing what makes you happy. These are the important things that I think we're all trying to, to preach and help, uh, you know, people below us, you know, kind of realize the same things. Yeah. hundred percent. Well, I appreciate you guys so much for, for being on today. We had footwork podcast in the 11 today, both Sean and Dylan, some great stuff from, from both of you guys today. And, and again, I really appreciate you guys taking the time out of your day to, to jump on with me. And it's, it's been a really fun conversation. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Pleasure, uh, man. Can't wait to, much. can't wait to do it again. And I really like the sound of that footwork podcast in the 11. That has a nice yeah. roll to it. Yeah. Right maybe it I like that collaboration in the future. You never of course, know. All the time. It, yeah, it won't be the last time. That's no, for sure. Or not. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It will be a, a good one to have you guys on again. And, and, you know, people can learn a lot from this. So everybody out there, let me know what you thought of the episode and, and, you know, do the rounds. Like I say, follow us on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, all the same places that you can find footwork and make sure you go subscribe to footwork as well. Cause they have some great content as well. And I think you can learn a lot from these guys as well. So appreciate everybody out there. Talk to you soon.